To me, that defines bourbon. Hey, and welcome back to the Bourbon Library. I am Ryan Bayless. You got 1920s right in the middle. You yeah, went from 2023 was... right to 1920s. It's 2024, Alec. You messed up your year, just like uh -huh. I did earlier. This is, uh, it's actually February 2024. We're in a new year. We haven't spoken since 2023, since last year. And uh, of course, it was just December 2023. But well, we uh, did a big, yeah, we did a big 2023. Yeah, that uh, last push there was intense. Intense. Actually, uh, mine was in the dining room, but who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that joke is for the old folks in the back. <laughs> Say it louder. <laughs> um, we are doing something today. I I so I I uh I love getting these random packages and being like, well, who's sending me something? And then realizing that longtime listener has sent me some sort of sample. And in fact, I had uh, a secret compartment of one of my bar table things that was filled with other samples that I'd completely forgotten about. So like, uh, yeah, I, uh, so I know that, that longtime listener Larry sent us awesome samples that, and we, we should talk about those. Uh, but before we do, I just want to, uh, I would like you guys to address what you've sent to him and what that back and forth has been like, because I feel like the the older statesmen of the group have, have formed a bond with longtime listener in a way that uh, is unique to your generation. LT. LT. So the box I tried to send, which was going to be uh, Origin. Bonded, yes. Yep. Um, from New Holland Brewery. Yep. Or New Holland Distillery. Mm -hmm. but uh it didn't pass the shake test at the post office <laughs> so you it's know that because you weren't the one that was there so it's still in the garage you sent a a a mule to take care of it oh, i'm uh, sorry mom <laughs> the the mule volunteered mom nearly went to prison to send longtime listener larry a bottle of dragon's <laughs> milk but but let's be realistic. A Michigan prison is not like prison. Yeah, yeah, God. Prison light. It's just like a a, a Walmart late at night. Yeah. So, everyone's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I thought it was funny because I asked you, mom, I, why didn't dad send it? And she's like, well, he didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> she volunteered. So you can send alcohol through FedEx if if you're not trying to... Be sneaky. So Larry, actually, I sent Larry a sample of the very old Barton bottled and bond, right? What 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 we had. Mm -hmm. I sent him a sample of that, and since then, I saw that he found a bottle. He said a big bottle. bottle and bond. Uh, yeah, a, a, a handle, a one point seven five, in that, and uh, he got it. So man. Tremendous fine, good on him. Yeah. So I hope I hope he enjoyed the sample that I sent him, and that's why he pursued it because it, I, I hope he enjoys that. Your father and I had many years of enjoying that. So um, yeah, that was nice. And then um, I sent him uh, Origins, 
the regular origins, and then I send them a sample of the bonded origins. Okay. Oh, oh good. And, so and, he got he got some dragon's milk. Yeah, so I can wait until I see if he liked it or not before I send him the whole bottle. Yeah, yeah. And then I sent him. Um, so uh, a guy that golfs uh, with me sometimes, he came over for one of my uh, bourbon and barbecue things, mm-hmm. and he really enjoyed it. It was really appreciative and really, you know, liked my collection. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the, that it was maybe bottled and bond that day or single barrel. I forgot what the theme was. But anyway, um, his son's wife works for journeyman mm. and I, I think she's manager or in, in, in marketing or, or something like that sales so anyway he wanted to give me something nice and he asked her well what you know what should i give timmy and something not from journeyman no. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah so um it was a silver cross and it's a four grain equal 25% corn, 25% rye, 25% uh, wheat, 25% malted barley. Cool. You know, those who know said this whiskey get you know gets a, is well awarded, well received, whatever the Silver Cross. So I sent him a sample of that to try because I thought he would be interested in that and you know might appreciate it. And then I think uh, he also likes the golf. There's a, a, a kind of a golf thing behind it. Um, and I think he kind of likes that. So that's what I sent him. Um, but he has sent to me um, the <laughs> Rebel 10-year mm-hmm. and uh, the K-Luke uh, Keenan, which I have to get samples out to you guys so that we can do that sometime soon. Gosh, man. So what is... This is like a this is like a some version of um having a pen pal. Yeah. Kind of, right? Yeah, whiskey a bourbon a bourbon oh. loving pen pal. Did I just yeah. start a company called Whiskey Pal? Whiskey. Yeah, you did. And yeah, this is this is your fault. Alan. Bourbon buddies. All, all your bourbon fault. buddies. I, I think what an interesting idea for a company, right? Where you you encourage each other to because if you can legally send, if it's not for a business, legally send with FedEx. Or whatever, then you encourage trading amongst people uh, to send each other stuff, samples. Right. So I was telling uh, your dad and I were were talking, and I was talking with my brother that the U.S. Post Office, right? This is a fad that they could hook onto, where they could have special packaging, special rates, whatever yeah. that allows people like you know that are fans like us that are sending samples back and forth, and they. I bet they would increase, maybe not a whole lot, maybe a 1%, and maybe that's a lot. You know, I don't know for it's the post business, office. Though. It's, it's a fine but, you, you know, they're the best equipped to do it. Yeah. Right? I, I, th- I guess the problem is that there has, some, it has to be some kind of guarantee of, you know, the receiver is 21 years of age or something, you know? Yeah, I've I've gotten samples and they almost never check. Yeah. They almost never the only time I've ever been carded on receiving of a bottle is through Drizzly. Yeah, yeah. Like, their entire to, business model can't afford the fuck up. I have to take it well, they're they're done. Oh but, really? They're out of business, yeah. I didn't know that. 
Doesn't surprise me. I, I, I can't, couldn't use them. They didn't I, deliver here. I and I think they couldn't the deliver app. what they had on the screen. Well, they were one of those COVID businesses that got over-evaluated and then just didn't make sense after COVID. Like you could go get it yourself and it wasn't something you needed delivered like pizza. Right. And then no. at the same time, Uber bought it. And so they just folded it into their Uber Eats. Oh, it's it's like not gone. Like you can do it, but you have to do it through Uber Eats instead. Interesting. During COVID, during COVID, they probably had greater access, don't you think? You know, because yeah, yeah, they they had some looser laws. They had right because they were moving product, right? Where where other couldn't go. You didn't want to go outside. Maybe not. So sounds to me like uh, they got overvaluated, made a fuck ton of COVID money and then sold off the company. That's a pretty wild success, actually. If if you were in the right place at the right time, yeah, you probably yeah. got pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I want a drink, man. Yeah. What do we got here? I'm on right. 13th quality DO and 2XO Gen of Kentucky. Am I are these correct? Yeah. yeah. So so 13. Which one do you want to start with? What do you what do you suggest? I want to try thirteen. I feel like I know that. There, the there we go. Thirteen colony double oaked. Double oak. That's what it is. I don't know why I was like do. Right. But, so yeah, this, I, this is one that we've heard a lot about. What? Right. That is crazy. Oh wow! It smells like perfume. I'm the first. The two XL. No, no, we're doing no, the thirteen colony. colony. Oh. Oh wow. I got to finish my Jim Beam double oak. Mm. Wow, look how rich and dark that is. That's a great color. Wow, really great color. Wow. Mm. Wow, that's so dark. That reminds me of Three Boys. I'm going to do a baby boy nip rip. Yeah, there you go. A little baby boy nip rip. <laughs> so I get a little acid. I get a little bit of the, the, the acetone, wow. like, Lacquer on the nose at first. I'm, I'm, yeah. whoa, but then it goes to there's something good in there and something, yeah, not good dark, dark fruit, kind of like raisin and fig. I'll tell you what, don't just nip rip after drinking 80 proof Jim, Bre- Jim Beam. <laughs> yeah, that does get uh, kind of a turpentine. The yeah. finish is a little turpentine for me, a little rubbery. It's got, it's got, I'm having flashbacks to, uh, to, uh, journeyman's hundred percent wheat bacon grease. I can get past that and I can get the brown sugars. It's not. Hmm. Whoa. There's like one part of it that I really, really like. And when the finish settles on my lips and I lick my lips, there's also something there. But there's like the actual proper finish that's a little bit uh, harsh. Harsh, yeah. Just on the finish, though, like this is not the best way to nose a whiskey, but like it is like wild berry or something. It is mm-hmm. like a weird, yeah. Fr- yeah. heavy oh. fruit note. I'm so disappointed because there's one flavor in there that's incredible, and it's just yeah. like it's like it's like splits at the seam almost. Yeah, they really captured something that I haven't really tasted before in whiskey. Yeah. Which is exciting and kind of cool. Yeah, but that finish, you got to nail the finish. 
So no, you're right, might... Ryan, right on the tongue, it's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But then it dies away to kind of a, a garage chemical. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exactly right. else to describe it. No, you're exactly right. That's a great description. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in for the second chew and see what that what that renders. Because that first one was my first my first one right over the palate. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make a call on that. It tastes like like that tastes like bark of a of a dense humid forest. The bark of a tree that's in a dense humid forest. Oh, <laughs> you've been to that forest. The dense humid forest. The bark of a tree that's in a dense humid forest. I uh really a rainforest. When you chew on it before you let it like go down, it's yeah. like you can almost almost fight off that finish and you can enjoy that chew. But then it's tropical. Finish is coming, man. It is coming. Tropical fruit. Oh man, I don't know. That is intense for me. 13th colony. Who makes this? I, you know, I was going to look that up. I, I, I'm interested. I think it comes from, from Virginia. Uh, Georgia. Oh, no. It's, it looks like it's created for. It's like Georgia. Polish removal. Georgia. Is that it? Georgia. 13th colonies from Georgia. Americus, Georgia. Wow. On Dudley Street. And I'm assuming this is the cash strength, just from the bite. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say yes. Do we know the proof or no? The nose is good. The nose is good, and that first chew is good, and then that finish just separates from the pack into some kind of garage thing, like a the garage release of our cask strength double oaked bourbon that both. A dark, rich, complex flavor. Yeah, that complex flavor is where they're talking flavor about. Flavor is a mix of something really good and something that might kill a man. <laughs> That's very interesting, I got to say. Yeah, uh, it's got the really distinct two lanes kind of happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like well, to have that separate like that is very interesting. So I'm getting a little on the finish, kind of like... Like a almost like a pine wood, maybe cedar. Yes. Yeah, no, Tim. That, that's what. No, maybe more cedar. It's some. It's a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you walk into like one of those cabins that's made of all wood. Like the chairs are made of. Like it's all cedar cabin. It like smells like it tastes like that smell and that feeling. Hmm. Mm. It's a fresh day. Now, I, I I didn't have it. Some lacquer on it. And the, the ice test, right? The water test to see how it opens up. Yeah. There's a, a lot of people in the world that believe that the best amusement park is in Ohio. Cedar, Cedar Point? Point? I can Cedar Point. <laughs> it's well, like, Dad, you have done it again. It's like there's, <laughs> a there's, this, there's a spectrum of people and you're on this little section of it. <laughs> So like an island or something. I can, I can, you, you can't. You can't see their point. I, I see their point. Yeah. I see right. I see your. I see right through their point. <laughs> Didn't they have the I raptor? Love, I love Cedar Point. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's not many rides I won't ride, 
and they have one of them that I will not ride, which sucks because I know it. Mantis. No, I'll go on. I'll, I'll, I went on top of Thrill Dragster. I'll probably never go again, but I won't go on the, the, um, there's one that's as tall as the Statue of Liberty. It's like one of the tallest roller coasters in the world. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, is that the Raptor? No, the Raptor is awesome. Like I'd go on the, it's called, is it um, the Raptor that you hang? It hangs a little bit, like your feet dangle. Yeah. Yep. The Raptor you do. No, Millennium Force is the one I won't go on. It's because oh, okay. it, it goes up. Uh, it's kind of slow. Mm. Or it's like it's like fast, but it's consistent. Yeah, just like and you go. It's like I think some people like black out and stuff because it, which is interesting because Top Thrill Dragster literally shoots you up. You go straight up over yeah. a hill, straight down, and that's the whole oh. ride. It's like wow. twelve seconds long or something, and sometimes it doesn't make it all the way up and you go backwards. Oh, I can just thinking about it now. Makes me. I just saw a exhibit at the mass mocha art museum in Massachusetts. And they had a, like a artist made a uh, ride that they did like once an hour. It was a roller coaster, like a wooden roller coaster that he made. And once an hour, a person could ride it. And it was all purely gravity. That's so strange. Yeah. You ever see those videos of those rides that like they build those monorail, like individual sleds on monorails that like go through a, a mountain? Yeah, like, yeah. That looks fun. I, I kind of does. Like you just all you can do is do a break. Yeah. Slow it down. So this is like at with the ice, it's tasting really good. Yeah, it opens up it, it tastes different on, on the ice cube. I'm gonna tell you that. Once it's diluted a little bit, it like hits a sweet spot yeah. where it maintains kind of some of those weird flavors and sort of the alcohol fusily stuff goes away. I don't think word? it goes away. I know it's there, but it's like a... It adds to it though, yeah. instead of being like gross. Yeah. I, complex was the right part of the description and I, I can always get on board for complex. Oh, dang. You drinking the whole thing? Oh my lord! I feel like I've been challenged. It's like it's like someone gives you some weed, and you're like, "Here, try this," and the whole thing's gone. And you're like, "Well, you were only supposed to take half of that." <laughs> gone. <laughs> like, see you on the other side. It was one of those days at work, huh, Dad? <laughs> well, I'll probably finish these off air with you guys, as you know, the the post. Uh, the post-production party. Yeah, yeah. Post-production party. So my mistake was pouring a little bit of KC12 to start. Oh. And then comparing it to that. Well, I had to do a bottle kill for my Jim Beam double oat so I could have space on my bar. Rocking. Space my tiny little like yeah. three by two bar cart. Um. All right. So, so do, what, do we know what Larry said about 13th Colony? He was just, I think he, he had gotten a bottle. He was excited. We'll, we'll have him on to sort of talk about it. Um, yeah. We'll do a postmortem. At, at, a, at a later date, we'll postmortem with him because I'm curious his, his sort of thoughts now that we've had it. But um, I think he yeah. just, you know, he's, he's, he's got his finger on the pulse as far as whiskeys and bourbons. And he's a it speaker. was something that people were talking about. The man's a seeker. He's a he's a bourbon hunter. He's a bourbon seeker. Yeah, and he and he has good access and good friends. 
Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, damn. His 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 buddy at uh yeah, K Luke is like coming through big with some. Well, the cool thing yeah. is though that he's very generous and shares. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, it goes goes in one door out the other, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. And it's been like that from the beginning. Thank you, long time listener, Larry. Yeah, I, I feel like when we see Larry in person, it's gonna be we're it's gonna be like long. We're just gonna call him long time listener, Larry. Because that, I, I I almost just want to call him listener. <laughs> well, yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him LT hopefully, but mm-hmm. it reminds me of a Bob and Tom uh, skit that they used to do. Long time listener, first time caller. That's uh, uh what's like, the space? Um, yeah, there's there's Kramer? something in my sink growling at me every yeah. time I turn the light on. I still- <laughs> it's a garbage disposal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I looked up Bourbon Culture says based on numerous YouTube videos and reviews, the 2023 release, which is what we're drinking of the 13 Colony Double Oak, mm-hmm. is at least nine years old. Oh, wow. In one instance, I heard it uh, referred to as 10-year-old. That's not technically its age. Uh, the reason is because the liquid only spent around seven years in the original barrel before it dumped into a secondary ba- barrel. Mm. And, um, it looks like it's a 22% rye mash bill. Mr. Obvious. I wonder, oh, yes. I wonder if uh, the second barrel was a new oak barrel or if it was like some other barrel that had something or just a used barrel. I Yeah, I wonder too, because is it like, uh, like there's such deep fruit notes? Like, is it a wine barrel of some kind or? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't yeah. know though. It's got like this weird, there's so many layers to the finish. I feel like we we said it went away, but like I've, the more I drank it, the more like layers revealed themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would drink this on ice. Yeah. I, I didn't have the words it. for it, but like I tasted these really distinct different flavors. I, what I wanted to say about the 13 colony is it's beautiful. It's a beautiful pour. I really, really, really want, you know, wanted it to be spectacular. Not spectacular. Neat. neat. It, 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 it's, it's interesting, but. Yeah, but I tell you what, on the ice cube, it opens up. It's nice. I could drink it. I'm not going to seek the bottle out, but yeah, I could drink and, it. But that sweetness is is worth looking for. Even though well, I yes. don't love the finish, that sweetness was a nice find. Oh it was yeah, exciting nice. to have a new a new flavor because I feel like so often it's like the same old stereotypical flavor notes, and yeah. like even though I didn't like love it, like it wasn't something that's so easy to drink. It's it's still like exciting to be like okay it's I feel like yeah it's like a trailblazing kind of situation where like yeah. people will come back and learn from it and make you know tweak it and and narrow it into something better but it's exciting to have a new I, flavor. I, my feeling is I that that second barrel might have brought in the 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 sort of berry cherry sort of sweetness, uh, but that maybe they aged it too long. Maybe it was better at six it was. Years kind of oaky in a way yeah that's what i'm wondering it almost feels like it was in the wood too long yeah that created some some funky sort of notes you know but Um, that's such a fine line when you're like getting like it's almost like it's just right there it's like a day could be a day could be a day or a week i mean yeah yeah which is you know that means uh yeah if that's the case then there's somebody there who's just like 
they're just like so close right on the money but that finish is it's just like a day or a week too long in the wood i don't know i'm i'm guessing but that's my and i feel kind of silly because i generally drink if i'm drinking not doing the tasting on an ice cube so having said that that's how i would drink it anyway you know it's enjoyable yeah it, it is good um would you say al Jam of Kentucky. Jam of Kentucky. Jam Jam of Kentucky. Kentucky. The Jam of Kentucky. Uh, Notice it's got nice legs. I am breaking all the rules. Ice in my glass from a neat glass nose in it. I smell bacon. I smell Sunday breakfast at the Bayless house. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a breakfast, little sweet right. brown sugar maple syrup. Oh, Timmy, you are one hundred percent right. It's like yeah. it's like burnt bacon. Ooh. Actually, it does remind me of the journeyman. Not, not much of a finish, but a delicious okay. nose. Short finish, good nose, tasty on the palate. What's the scoop with two XO again? Dixon, De- yeah. No, go ahead, Tim. You got it. No, you got it. You the man. All right, I'll start it. sir. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dixon Deadman from Kentucky L. Went and started his own brand. Gotcha. 2XO. Gotcha. Timmy, 2XO stands for? Twice oaked. Two times oaked. So does that mean everything is double oaked that he makes? Yeah, he blends it, right? He takes his barrels, yeah. he blends them, and then he oaks it again. So that's the other thing. Oh, that's weird. So he I mean, he, he has good contacts and, and good barrels, you know, supposedly. But he's only young. He's a young guy, too. That That's fascinating to me, which is like blending uh, with the idea that you're going to oak. So like you're blending to a flavor that you're not – like you're like this is not where it's gonna land. It's not where it's ending. Yeah, you're, you're blending for for a half time, and then throwing it in the oak again. That's really interesting, and like really having to have foresight. I'm like, all right, this is what the oak is gonna because you're thinking about all right this blend, what the oak is gonna do to this blend, and not being satisfied because usually you do the blend and you're like, all right, that's it. That's the, we got the perfect blend. That's what we're gonna drink. You now he's thinking further than that. That's very interesting. Well. But the idea of the of the the double oak is usually that you're you're accentuating those sugars again, mm-hmm. right? I think. Is it a new? You, you know, you get those oh, caramel vanilla barrel? out of the wood. They're not wasting a new barrel, are they? For that second oaking. I don't know that rule. I don't know if it has to be a new brand new barrel. It must not have to be because you know there's isn't that there's the idea that are aged in other kinds of barrels right to get that fresh and you know what i have another interesting question is like when they do the finishing what season of the year are they doing it in i assume it's summer because mm. nothing happens when it's cold so the pores of the wood shrink up it it'd be pointless to finish something in the winter hmm in my in my from my understanding, that's interesting. So they must do it first because, like, they say like nine weeks. It's like, oh, you just do it during the summer in Kentucky. 
Well, but that's why Maker's Mark does it in the cellar. It's a constant Controlled. temperature, right? Yeah. Constant God, temperature was, for yeah. those nine weeks. I was thinking about that. Like, if why don't more bourbon companies, you know, distilleries do controlled settings? MGP like, does. Like the idea of having to rely on. I mean, I like yeah. it from a poetic standpoint that it's like the weather during those eight years is what determined the flavor of this thing. But if they're you're a big distiller and you're trying to have, uh, you know consistency then why is climate control a major part of that process yep that i don't know that also makes me throw in like you're like muted when, when you look at texas it it's it goes so fast yeah yeah so I, well, I was saying one of the one of the big selling points for aged bourbon is the fact that it goes through all those cycles that it's not constantly yeah, I, I, yeah, I understand. That's what I mean. I think I understand the poetry of it, but like, if wouldn't climate control allow it to be better, even if you are, you know, amping it up and slowing it down? Like, if you were just consistent with like your temperature control, well, what, what it we, might only take two years to get a six year product, but then they would, if they would only took two years and they could put it on the shelf, it would just be a marketing quandary. That's, like that's, the, that's the fact of like in Texas, right? Where the temperatures stay a little more constant. Yeah, that's what I mean. And they're producing hella good bourbon much faster. Seems like that would be ideal. So there's is two it, things going on. There's two Wait. things going on. One is the the taking the flavor in and out of the wood, right? Yeah. But the other yeah. thing is that's going on is the mellowing and aging of alcohol right over a period of time so there's the, those two things i think that are going on there the other thing is we have toured distilleries who do have rick houses that do climate control yeah. and they make those cycles happen independent of mm. what's going on outside right yeah. i think that's part of the experiment and then there are some rick houses that did climate or did some form of temperature fluctuation and control, even by opening and closing, uh, you know, the, sure. the, the louvers, right? And vents. Yeah. It's just funny to me that it's maintained this kind of like big, large building, stacking barrels, hand stacking. Like it's very, for something that is like, I mean, part of that might be an illusion because that's like the parts that we get to see. You know, it might be like, like this is the this is the Rick House that we're going to show everyone, and then the next one is like all robots lifting everything and climate control and. Oh yeah, it's like hand, hand lifted versus robot lifted. Does that change the whiskey? It's like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I would liken it. I would liken it to champagne, right? The hand turning, right? They do the hand turning of every bottle. That's a, you know a job and that. That could easily Wait, be done. What do they do? The bottles are are racked, right? The bottles are racked at an angle down to keep the cork moist on. or whatever. And they, they make a quarter a turn every whatever it is so often, right? So oh. that for keeps, the, the, you know, for the fermentation right? part of the process, right. it also, I think, moves all of the sediment 
to the neck mm. of, the, uh, of the bottle. And, and wow. that. So, but that could be done by a, a machine. I mean, there's a, there's a romance to it's being hand turned and maybe you can't do it in the cellars of old, but you sure could build buildings. And I would not be surprised if new buildings are built with the idea of automation to help man. Cause it also, by doing that, it cuts down on injuries, right? Even if, if there's sure. somebody who has to go along with the machine. Two, two factors there too, which are, there's a mystique to bourbon that, or like there's maybe some superstition to like, don't, if it ain't broke, don't change it or to wine even too, right? Like these are the special little factors. That little magic is what made it great. There's that. I'd also say that in these places, specifically with whiskey, but I hey, champagne perhaps too, because of it's a region um, that these places are reliant on the employment. You know what I mean? Like they're not about Kentucky. A small town in Kentucky is not about to say like, Hey, you know, the biggest company there is, you know, biggest factory there is not going to say, Hey, we're switching over to robots. Cause I think that there would be uh torches at the castle, you know, to some extent. So there's a lot of probably lobbying for keeping these ways. Like, Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's just keep hiring people to do these things. Let's well, just and there's a romance to it, right? I think there's still a romance to it. We're, we're, we're like makers, Mark talk about community, right? And tradition. They're yeah. all really kind of press pushing that, right? Yeah. Community but that's just marketing again. Don't we think like that, that would just be a change. Like they're, they could also, if they wanted to push this idea of being innovative and innovation and technology and use it, you know what I mean? And with the right storytelling, that would be just as like grand, I think, as the other thing. I don't know, not for bourbon. Mm-hmm. Innovation and bourbon do not go in the same sentence. People do fight it. I agree on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't want I don't want innovative bourbon. I want bourbon that's been in a barrel in an old Rick house in Kentucky <laughs> yeah. for eight years. I mean that yeah, you know, I hear you. Yeah. Well, you know what? Innovation's okay on the distilling part, on the distilling side of it, right? I think especially if you're trying to pull out certain esters and flavor Mm. profiles or enhancing them, right. That's coming out of the grain of your distillate. I think that's fine. But I think the rest of the process that's, that is part of the magic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you look at, you look at some of those places like good times whiskey. It's like, you're doing too much. It's like a restaurant that's doing too much. It's like, I just want to eat really good food. You know, like you got a different flavor every month coming out of some whiskey you're finishing and something else. I don't know that much about them. I haven't had that much, but it's like it's it's you're just if you've seen the 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 latest episode, the first episode of the last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, oh, yeah. uh, DTM, you're doing too much. <laughs> it's, it's doing too much. I just saw the yeah. part where he's screaming at Siri. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's a delicate I, balance of being innovative, but also keeping this thing. Romance. Cool. Because the marketing does, I mean, we, people are seeing beyond the marketing. I can sit there and say the marketing is the, everything, but like the reality is people do see beyond it. They are touring these facilities, you know, and like they do want, it, it's much more exciting to be at Maker's Market and see open fermentation, 
you know, even though that's not even the, that's a small percentage of what they're actually doing. It's much nicer than going to Jim Beam and seeing a bunch of metal, you know, machines. Yeah. And that's a big part of their business is, is people coming to tour and buying things. Well, interesting. I was reading the other day, a, a Bev beverage alcohol insights thing. And, and, uh, so historically it's it's like Jim Beam and Jack Daniels are like the most sold whiskeys in the world. Mm. Like they reached the highest numbers, but they reached out to like the top 100 bars. Bakers just surpassed them though. I just want to I just want to Oh, that that was that was the punchline. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but like they banana they, banana no 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 i i think that was great start all over no 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 that that's that's exactly right like they they uh interviewed so like by sales but there's a nuance so by by sales that's still true like jim beams i had a jack maybe now this year but when they uh surveyed the top 100 bars in the world makers mark surpassed like everybody like Mm -hmm. that is the most like requested thing for someone's whiskey or someone's cocktail and and to taste the whiskey because and i think because what we've been saying you know episode after episode of like these private selections like the all the cool the seller age all the amazing things makers is doing like people are seeking it out when when you surpass like i just need a whiskey to fill this drink and you're going and you're going to the next step which is like what whiskey do i actually want makers is like shooting over everybody and to piggyback on what you're saying yeah makers cask strength right is like the best kept secret everybody's gonna know now but (laughs) it it is like it really is for the price it's under fifty dollars it is a remarkable bottle it, I've been craving that 46, man. I just like every time so I'm good. like, I'm looking for it. The 46, not the cast strength, just the the other 46, right? Well, both. I but the cast strength no. is full intense on the 46. Reg, regular maker's cast strength yeah. is superb. Yeah. And, and for the price, and yeah. for a seasoned bourbon person like us, it <laughs> is the best. It's very exciting to kind of fall back in love with the big boys in some ways, isn't it? Yeah. I'm glad they gave us the, a reason to. Yeah. They yeah. Did. That, they did. That's, in a way, that's innovation. And even though it's funny because they're using old world methods, I feel like with the like 46 and the uh, private barrels uh, program and putting everything in that like embankment that's like against the cave and cold and like it feels like a very old world method that is proving to be quite innovative uh, without yeah, being like, like radical. Yes. It, 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 I, I like the way you said um, going to the old world, right? Yeah. Going to the old world. It's like going back. I like that. I like that with brewers, right. In the craft the brewing industry mm-hmm. doing the same thing. It's I- going back to, the basics, the styles, and then becoming creative a- after that. To to quote Christopher Breyer, uh, formerly of Copper Sioux, who's in our documentary, Fire, Water, and Grain, the story of Empire Rye, <laughs> he <laughs> said something that I thought was so profound, which is we had to look back to move forward. 
And I love that. I think that's fantastic. So the, the thing, though, about Jim Beam and Jack Daniels, right, they're the highest sellers, but they're selling at 80 proof or whatever. Those those are like their flagship bottles, right? Yeah. But both of those guys make incredible bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, well, Jack Daniels is bourbon. Too, it's like when you say a brand, which brands are you referring to? Because Jim Beam has... Bookers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Knob Creek 12, right, yeah. whatever. Right. And J- like, Jack Daniels, single barrel, barrel proof, right, is one of my my favorite bourbons. Yeah, right. It's your delicious. dad and I Your dad and I had it this weekend, and I was out. I wanted to get a bottle, and it was there. I grabbed it. It is the best Jack Daniels by far. You guys got together this weekend? Yeah, yeah, for a bit. It was nice. My father was there too, so it was really fun. Oh, where were you? And his son was there. And my son Josh was there oh, too. Oh, wow, damn. Yeah. So we had three generations of Petersons. Oh, wow. That's, that's too many Petersons, I think. <laughs> almost, almost. But Jack, to the point about Jack Daniels, um, that is by far the best Jack Daniels outside of the 10 and 12 year, which is going to be released again at $15 a bottle higher than last year. I think Jack Daniels, I mean, I know they make their, right, their everyday money or whatever on volume sales of their 80 proof stuff. But I think they they have an opportunity to market better the 10-year-old, 12-year-old, single barrel, barrel strength, right? The good stuff. They have an opportunity to market that better, in my opinion. Take that same money that you market your your JD seven old number seven or whatever. Right. Push push the like single barrel. The incredible. It's like so good. Maybe Jack need Jack, to. What'd you say, Al? Maybe they don't need to. That's what I was gonna say. Is like all you need to know is Jack Daniels, and then let people discover things. Um, but, but do people know that they're single barrel barrel strength? That what what does that bottle mean? Right. Yeah. It's available. Yeah, yeah. And what's, what's it going to compare to? Is it like having a bottle of Knob Creek 12 year or whatever? Like they've told the story of Jack Daniels old number seven so well. Yeah. What story does the single barrel tell? It's a different story. It's not a bottle you hold on stage while you do a concert and drink the whole thing because it's 80 proof. It's something you, it's like a slower, it's not rock and roll. It's slower. You have to, it's a higher, it's more complex. It's worth savoring. Yeah. This is a Daniels commercial. It's valid. It's passing passing from dad, you know, from a grandfather to a dad, passing through the third generations or whatever, three generations. You know, it's like, that's the story there is like, this is something special. This is something classic and something special that you saver right so here's how that timeline in that commercial goes it's an older gentleman that drank jack daniels back when it was 86 proof right yeah. yep then the, the their father who is, is drinking it at or his son who is drinking it at 80 proof at his first concert and, 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 yeah and then the son uh, the grandson of the original the son yeah. The son, they're celebrating something, and he brings that out. Mm-hmm. 
it's and like it's not, uh, and it's, I love that. It, it's not your grandfather. It, it's not your dad's Jack Daniels, but it's more like your grandfather's. I even like that. Or yeah, that's interesting. I like this idea of like, it's not your dad's grandfather's, or this is not your dad's Jack Daniels. This is not your grandfather's Jack Daniels. This is mm. this is uh, your Jack Daniels. Your Jack Daniels, or or okay, further. Uh, this is not your dad's Jack Daniels. It's not your grandfather's Jack Daniels, but it is. Yeah, oh, yes. Hey, you know what? If they, if someone there sees that, if we see that, we, we know they got it from us. Yeah. I'm telling you, Jack. Come on, man. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I love that. I love that. That's the, I mean, that's what great marketing does too, though. You have to. That would be a really, really cool commercial, though, wouldn't it? To see a, a 21-year-old young man with a bottle of single barrel barrel select. Yeah. Right. And then his dad with a bottle of like 12 year old or bonded or something. Yeah. And then their grandpa with a, an 86 proof old bottle that he has under his kitchen sink. Oh, there you go. Right? <laughs> How cool would that commercial? We can make that commercial. Yeah. And the slogan is like, it's never too late to start AA. <laughs> and then they go they all pump it. <laughs> yeah. no i'm telling you it's not your grandfather's jack daniels it's not your dad's jack daniels it's not even your jack daniels but it is that's good uh, that's and it's not your jack daniels because if you have another sip you're gonna you're gonna fail your parole and you're going <laughs> straight back to jail kenny because <laughs> you hit that dog drunk driving <laughs> Hold up the 86 proof or the 80 proof bottle and say, this will get you buzzed. But then hold up the single barrel and say, this liquor is quicker. <laughs> oh, you say, this will get you buzzed. This one will make your dad say, I love you, even though he was in the Vietnam War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I did want to say that Larry also sent me the Evan Williams uh, uh, 101 that you can get in Japan. Oh, yeah. nice. Did you like it? You know what? I liked it. I, I I did. It wasn't really special, and that may be the message he was trying to pass on to me. Without, oh. he, you know, it, but having said that, and me saying, "Well, it's not really that special," I almost still want to get it if I can. Yeah, to share with you guys. Okay. You know, you, you know I, I and also my dad, because my dad with Evan Williams, single barrel, the vintage, you know, he, yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, the um, the 2XO, I, I don't think it's as good as the Phoenix. Oh, no, I like the Phoenix blend better. I like all the other ones I've had better. I'm, I'm loving the uh, breakfast uh, notes from it, though. I oh, no, no, no. It's it's a unique, yes, yes. It's unique and it's sweet. I'm finishing it on ice, and it's it's again, it's sweet. It's got a sweet finish. Another one I would drink on ice. I got a feeling Larry drinks like your dad and I. I uh, also would say it's a hell of a lot better than the Thirteenth Colony. Oh yeah, it is better than Thirteenth Colony. Uh, but I, what I what I would what I like about it is that I forgot about it, you know, that I was just sipping it, enjoying it. Enjoying it. It yeah. wasn't too much of anything. It wasn't freaking mm -hmm. you out every time you sipped it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like the first time drinking Barton 1792 12-year and going, yeah. 
holy shnikes <laughs> yeah you know that was that was fun wasn't it that yeah, was fun. that was at your that was at your house yeah yeah that was awesome and i haven't had a bottle of 12 years 1792 for a really long time i think i, I have some, some still at the studio i need to find a bottle yeah me too the bottle you back. need to keep an eye out because I, yeah. you got a better chance than i do i can so get I, I can get it tomorrow guys let me look. I'll check the place on uh, near me. Yeah. They always have a, a wide selection. They have right now. I don't know about you guys, but it is allocation city in New York. Everything is everywhere. I mean, the place that is in Catskill where Alec used to go to freaking phenomenal. I did a video of it on our YouTube. Uh, it's just got, I mean, they got everything. So I almost, everything. I almost texted you guys a, a week ago. Have, have has anybody seen the new Willy Wonka movie? No. Oh no, I'm a grown up. No, but I, I maybe this weekend. With so, Ryan, I, I agree. Right when we were there, all the all the preview movies, you know how they kind of pick those based yeah. on the movie you're seeing. Yeah, they, they were all pretty juvenile, but yeah, it was actually a pretty cute. No cute problem movie. with that. Yeah, <laughs> and at the end, right, the Willy Wonka's mom who passes away earlier on in the movie says there's a secret to my chocolate. I'm not crying. You are. And Willy Wonka doesn't learn the secret to her chocolate until the very end of the movie. Mm. And the, the, the secret is it's not the ingredients in the chocolate. It's who you share the chocolate with. To me, that defines bourbon. Right. That was beautiful. That message should be for bourbon. Yeah, I agree. It, yeah. It's not about the ingredients or the, it's like the 1792 that we had at Tim's house, right? That was after, I don't, we were out doing something that day or we're, we're coming back from Kentucky or coming. We something. came back from Kentucky. We had three yeah. boys. I, we got, yes. And yeah, that was, it was like tasting that and it was holy crap, but it was, you know, part of the experience as much yeah. as the, the bottle was. Now, to be fair, there's been times where we've all been together having a great time and we've all equally tasted bad, <laughs> where the memory didn't make it better. <laughs> no, no, there, there's absolutely that problem. No, what I, I'd like to put a twist on that and say it could have been worse, but you guys were there. <laughs> <laughs> the drink is to live. The drink yeah. is to live, gentlemen. <laughs>